Hey, this is Nick from BJJ Pandas. This is Vic. And we are back. So, hey, if you're listening for the first time, just uh, thank you for coming and joining us. Appreciate that. If you've been a listener since the beginning, going to make a slight apology. We took a break. So last episode you heard was back in April. Now we are in September, almost almost October, and we haven't been able to really produce a whole lot of content for you. So a lot of things going on. This uh, episode number... Uh, whatever the number is. It was uploaded today. I think it's like 32. Something like that. Actually walks through why we haven't been around and talks about the journey that we've had as we go through. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It's an amazing podcast. Lots of cool stuff. If you've been listening forever, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. I've heard you. I've, I've been getting messages and people telling me, where's the podcast? I miss Monday mornings. We're back. We are absolutely back and back for uh, at least the duration. So we do have, you'll notice a little bit of an audio degradation. Uh, if you listen to some of the original content, it sounds like complete shit. And then if you listen to like episode four through something, it sounds much better. And then if you listen to, at some point, uh, the episodes, they sound really, really good. And now we're kind of back to the much better stage because my board broke. Um, oh, we'll get it back. If I had that board, I'd make like a wah, wah, wah. So yeah. I don't have that board. So hopefully we're going to get that back here pretty soon, and the the the, the uh, audio quality will go back to where it was. But the content has always been amazing. Yeah. So welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Hey, real quick, just want to plug a couple of things we have going on. So uh, do you want to just give a shout out to Triple Crown MMA? So that's the gym that both Vic and I train out of, and Jordan Sullivan. So really excited to be there. Uh, but do you want to do a couple of uh, shameless promotional plugs? Yeah, I have to. Uh, Got to. All right. Well, as long as you guys are okay with it. Uh, not going to be like a, a, a JRE episode where I plug everything in the you entire world. Well, not everything. Not, yeah. <laughs> uh, so BJJ Pandas. Guys, you all had inspired me to start a line of geese and no gi wear. My wife also started Shadow Realm BJJ with Elisa Hampton, so super excited. We have a full line of gear. So we have geese, we have rash guards, we have shorts. The whole shebang. Every, you want it, we got it. Well, not everything. Not most. Just most about things. everything. Just about everything. We do patches, we do shirts, we do hoodies, hats, pretty much whatever you'd want uh, if, you're, if you're practicing BJJ. We have slides. We have slides. We yes. don't really have slides. Well, we kind of have slides. We can't... Working on. I tried them. They weren't great. I don't want to sell them. If we uh, yeah, so okay, we're, we're good. Uh, yeah. But we, we're, we, working out. we're also working on boxing gloves and shin guards for our striking fans. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. If you head over to BJJPandas.com, you're going to see a great website that actually has a bunch of links. One of those links is to all the previous podcasts. You'll be able to see those. Uh, there's also a link to our gear. So if you click on products, you can go to BJJPandasGear.com forward slash store, which is a lot to remember. So just go to BJJPandas.com. And you'll be able to see a full line of all the different products that we offer. You can pick them up in person if you're in the tri-state Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Or you can get them sent to you because we ship. So that's certainly a thing. Credit card, PayPal, whatever you want to use. Uh, and guys, we are so excited to be back. I'm excited. We have the, this uh, BJJ Pandas line, Shadow Realm line of gear that is going out all over the country. We have uh, schools that are supporting uh, the, the line throughout the country by using us as their provider of their gear for their academies. And we have them all over here in Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, all over the place. So we are everywhere, and we're really, really excited. The other thing I'd ask, and I think Vic asks more than I do, is if you want to share your story, let us know. Go on to bjjpandas.com, click the Contact Us, shoot me a message on Instagram, shoot me a message on Facebook, bjjpandas, Shadow Realm, bjj, either one, and uh, click, like it, follow us, 
to all the things you do on social media. And we're going to grow this thing to be huge. So We want your story. We do. I want your story. Vic wants your story. Our Give audience it to wants us. your story. We all want it. Everybody wants to hear your journey. Guys, so with that, hopefully you enjoy the episodes. Let us know what you think, and we'll talk to you all soon. I get I get 10 feet from her, and the water is rushing around her house, and I'd try to take a step, and it'd wash my feet out. I'd try to take a step, and it'd wash my feet out. So I looked at her, and I basically debris started to flow around her house, and she was hanging out the window. And I'm like, you, you're going to have to get in your house. Water rescue's coming. It, you know, if she was to step out, she would have been pinned against her fence. Welcome back to BJJ Panda Journeys, stories from the mat. I'm Nick. I'm Vic. And today we have somebody who I'm really excited to have on the podcast. Somebody who I assimilate with from a size perspective, uh, Mr. Levi. Hi, Levi. Hey. How are you, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, so Levi is from Bright Jiu-Jitsu in Indiana. You know, Levi, typically we start with height, weight, uh, and rank, if you don't mind. I am 5'8", 255, and a brown belt. Brown belt. And I believe you have a super fight. I do. I do December 19th. And that's on, is it Kumite? Yes. Yes. Kumite? Uh, so hopefully that'll be at two forty-five. When when's that fight? December nineteenth. December nineteenth. So this will be out before that. So awesome. Uh, that's cool. That's very cool. So if you guys, uh, is there a way to watch it other than in I th- person? I think they stream it. I I think I believe they do. Yeah, we'll have to go back and look at the their profile. Yeah, I don't know how much they put that out before the actual event gotcha. no, that they stream it. Gotcha. It's usually just like buy tickets, buy these tickets. <laughs> right. yeah, <laughs> exactly. Our podcast goes all over the world. So we have Germany and uh, Australia and Asia. We'll put the link to the, yeah, for the sure. streaming service in the show notes. So take a look at that guys. And uh, if there's an opportunity to click on Levi sent me, then click Levi sent me. And as you guys know, you can reach us at bjjpandas.com. Uh, we do actually have a brand new line of geese and rash guards coming out here very shortly, or they may be out by the time this launches. Uh, but Shadow Realm is going to be our gi company. Uh, and of course, we'll have the BJJ Pandas line through Shadow Realm of rash guards, shorts, and geese and belts. So pretty excited to have that. So with that, uh, Levi, let's start off. Where can people find you? Because oftentimes people listen to this for about three minutes and they're like, yeah, fuck that, I'm out. So (laughs) you want to go ahead and plug where where people can find you? Yeah, you can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, or brightbrazilianjujitsu.com. Awesome. So we're going to get started. Uh, You know, really excited to have you here. I think part of the team, Sean Hammond's affiliate in Indiana. So that's who most of the folks you've heard from. I think probably 90% of the folks you've heard from so far are from team Sean Hammond's in some way or another. For sure. But curious to hear how you started. What was the thing that got you into jujitsu? So I started back in, I think it was 2008, 2009, right around there. Um, I actually started to do MMA. And uh, a buddy of mine, I went through a real rough divorce. And uh, I was dealing with some pretty bad depression. And one night I was kind of at the height of it. My buddy called me and said, Hey man, I'm training for MMA. Would you like to uh, come to the gym with me? And I did. And we walked into a place called Nishime Martial Arts in Bright, Indiana. And Ben Nishime ran it. So we walked in and it was more just submission grappling. We weren't training in a gi or anything like that. And we were specifically getting ready for um, MMA. So I did that for... I'd say two years, 
before I put a gi on. Oh, wow. So you trained basically no gi yeah. slash MMA. So Jeff Jeff Johnson, he's our head striking instructor and MMA coach. He calls it Jeff Jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> so it, Well, it's it's yeah. very different. Yeah. It is sure. very different when you're getting punched in the face trying to armbar somebody. I imagine. I yeah. imagine. So that, and I just want to touch on this real quick because this is, you know, we've had, I think we've got about nine episodes out so far. We, we've recorded about 12. And I think it's interesting. Everybody has a similar kind of background, I guess, of some pinnacle point in their life that they said, hey, I need to make a change, right? So we just talked to somebody not too long ago, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol were a big impact, knew he had to make a change, and he found jujitsu. We've talked to other people that had life experiences even before that, that they uh, dealt with depression, dealt with anxiety. I personally deal with anxiety a lot, and this is, you know, jujitsu is what's calmed some of that anxiousness and anxiety. And I think it's interesting that we all have those traumas. And I say this I say this a lot. Trauma, be it physical, mental, emotional traumas in our past. But that's what got started you in jiu-jitsu. If you can talk a little bit about how has this helped with some of those things. So it's it's changed my life completely. So before jiu-jitsu, I was the guy that basically went to the bar looking for someone to test me because I was just angry. You yeah. know, I wanted to fight. I wanted to fight the world. As a kid, I wanted to fight the world. And it's kind of ironic. Uh, two of the things that my dad never really wanted to get me into was uh, martial arts and hunting. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't want me around guns, and he didn't want me scrapping. And those are my two favorite things to do. <laughs> um, but and they calm me. They do. I actually have a panic disorder, so I don't drive very far distances. I basically drive from my house to the gym, and that's it. Wow. Um, that started while I was training. So like panic attacks, I actually do jujitsu in my head. So when I start, I go into a, a panic attack, I will literally start working through positions in my head as I'm breathing. Breathing is a biggest, big one for me. I mean, if you've ever been kneed on belly by a 245 pound dude, you, uh, you learn to breathe through a position that you feel like you're dying. My purple belt shark tank. Yeah, I'm, I'm I got sure. Levi twice. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't like side control. It was Levi's knee. Uh, and it's great when you get... When you get uh, I try to actually make it touch the mat through your body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you came pretty close to it. Well, and I think it's awesome when you get to a point where the uh, an upper belt, senior belt, feels that, that you can take it, right? Oh, yeah, for That's sure. That's a really good feeling as a lower belt, too, right? So no, it's as, not. It hurts. As, 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 as painful as it is, it's a good feeling. The, the most brutal neon belly that I can remember was uh, that didn't happen to me in competition was uh, Mike Preston. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, he put it on me. He gave me my uh first tip on my blue belt. All right. It was brutal. That that's what it was. I mean, it was my blue belt though was Jordan knee rode my face. <laughs> yeah, that so right. that that was a different type of knee ride. Mine was Ked. Ked and it was only it was recently. Ked, like not saying that I, I've done cocaine or that cocaine's a good idea, but I can only imagine that if I was gonna do cocaine, that's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> like it's that super, super, super high, like holy shit. And then it ends and you're like, Oh my god, I think I'm gonna die. Ked, I mean just Jesus. Ked is uh Ked's a black belt at Triple Crown MMA and he is, I don't know, two forty five ish. Just a great big strong, strong, yeah. strong, strong. Uh so I think Real quick, the anxiety piece, because I deal with the same thing. And yep. for me, my anxiety manifests a lot in breathing. And I didn't recognize what it was. So I was going through some personal shit, and all of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. And I smoked for a long time. I you know, talked about that in my podcast. In I, my I smoked till I think I was 24. Yeah. Till, till this journey. 
Okay. As soon as around the time that I started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I uh, I quit smoking. Well, and so so I had done the same thing. I'd quit smoking, uh, and but I started vaping. Right, because vape is a thing, and I was doing that and going through a whole bunch of stuff, and I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, oh shit, this 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 vape stuff's like killing my lungs. Like I can't breathe. I should just go back smoking. I quit smoking and realized it wasn't that at all. I, I still quit vaping, which is cool. Right. But it was the anxiety. Yeah. And that anxiety was just crushing. And like, I felt like I could never catch a deep breath. And we actually had a member of ours who went through the same thing and he didn't know what it was. And it was after it was one night and he just pushed himself really hard. And yeah, he went to the doctor and ultimately it was a panic attack. And it's, it's so it's, it's hard to understand what a panic panic attack actually is. Yeah. Most people it think you're from a different planet when you're trying to explain it. I literally feel like I'm dying. Yeah. I mean, it, it hits me. I breathing is part of it. I feel my vision kind of, kind of goes, it's an adrenaline dump. Like you've never had before. Like it's so much adrenaline coursing through my body. Luckily I have a pretty awesome support system. My wife, Katie is amazing throughout all this. I mean, like she drove me here today, you know, she's going to drive me to the next place and I'm going to train in an hour. Most people don't have that. You know, you got to kind of man up and either deal with it or which it was a crutch at first, you know, when you have somebody that'll help get you through those things. But I've, I've kind of overcome that and I do a lot of my own, but no, it's, it's definitely an intense feeling that can either be, you can't breathe. Some people say they get chest pain. Some people feel like they're going to die. I feel all of it. And the way you, you help cope is, is the wrong word, but the way you manage through some of that is by thinking about jujitsu. Absolutely. So walk us through what that is for some of the people that are ha- you know experiencing the same thing. How do you do that? What, what so that I think of positions um, and like a puzzle and I engage my mind like, okay, I'm in this, you know, I'm whatever it is. I'm in knee shield or I'm, I'm in top position side control and, and I work through that position like, okay, I want this grip. I need this grip. I'm going, you know, so I just work through positions in my mind while I'm breathing. And once I engage my mind about something other than dying, I, you know, I get better. I feel like I, uh, I'm not going to say it gets better. It just, it's something that occupies my brain. Mm. And once I engage my brain into something and it, it, it's my happy place like that, for lack of a better term, people tell you to go to your happy place. Like sometimes it sounds very bizarre, but that same position being, being, you know, somebody's trying to knee ride me. Um, that's my happy place. I think and that's similar to me. Like I'll have those days where I have that anxiety all day long. So for me, it's not quite so intense and it's not a short span it's more like to, generalized anxiety yeah and yeah. it lasts like all day or it'll last a weekend or something but when i get on the mats I, it goes away and yep. to your point i'm in my happy place and i'm executing on those things and i could be getting squished in, in bottom side control or neon belly or mount or some horrible position and it's still better yeah than the anxiety that I, was, I can breathe easier yeah. in those positions because i'm not thinking about all the the shit that's in my head that creates that anxiety right yep I think that's a, that's a big piece. So you, uh, you started back in 2000, 2008, 2009, right in there. I, I tried to pinpoint it for you guys, but it, it's somewhere in there. Okay. So it's been, it's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, 12, 13 years. Yeah. And you started with uh, Nishime martial arts. Yes. Yep. And have you, so have you been at bright the entire time? I have, I haven't really jumped around. I, so I was there, like I said, a couple years and then I was kind of in Ben's ear. He was doing a little bit of gi training at George Grizel's. Mm-hmm. 
And then I basically told him like, Hey man, I want to get belted. Like, let's do this thing. Kind of like when the amateur MMA circuit was coming to an end, right. I was like, okay, it's time to, to take this in a different direction. So, uh, he reached out to some people we knew at son of Siam mm-hmm. and Jordan Sullivan was training there. Sure. And so Jordan started coming out once a week and training with us and we would train in between those times, but specifically once a week he would come out. So that's, that's interesting. Cause you know, I, I hear about a lot of the time before, right? Time before black belts were everywhere. Purple belts, brown belts were, uh, I'm not going to say plentiful, but certainly a lot more than they are today. Like today I can think of five brown belts off the top of my head. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Levi, Mike, Chow Chen, Kevin, uh, damn, I need one more. Uh, brown belt, brown belt. I know black belts. Uh, Mike Little. I said Mike Little. Did you? Yeah. What about, Ke- is it Kevin? Kevin Murphy? I said Kevin. I said, I said, my, and Jason Nisherman. There you go. There you there's go. Five, there's yeah. five. Uh, uh, Andrew Party, too. Andrew Party. There you yeah. go. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, uh, there's brown belts all over the place. Black belts are becoming more plentiful. But but in you know mid to late 2000s, that wasn't a thing. Like no. there, there were not, black belts weren't a thing at all. No. Uh, Vic wasn't a thing either. So Jordan, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, mid 2000s. Wow. Well, I was like three. Yeah, so you weren't a thing yeah, yet. I was like, well, sort of a thing. Trying to figure out how to talk. How, how old are you, Vic? Uh, 19. So you when are. When you started, yeah. like 2008, 2009, I was in first grade. Wow. How's that feel? That's, That's crazy. Rough, so you're, you're one year, you're probably a year and a half older than my oldest boy. So yeah, he's uh, five years older than my daughter, my oldest daughter. Yeah. Wow. Two ends of the spectrum here for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we do Panda Power Hour, which is yeah. the morning. I'm a, I'm a blue belt, right? So I'm, I'm basically nothing at this point. In, in ah. uh, well, from a knowledge perspective, right? I've been training for three years. Best of the worst. So best of the worst. There you go. Put prettiest pig. Uh, but kind of same thing you guys went through where you had somebody who was, I think Jordan was probably what, a purple belt at that he point? He was a purple belt. Yeah. Yep. You know, he comes up and he teaches the thing and then you're kind of left your own devices to yep. either fuck it up or <laughs> Or figured out. Yep. Right? What was that like to try and figure out pieces that you didn't have somebody right there who had 13, 14 years of experience to be able to point out those missteps? Um, it was frustrating. It was definitely frustrating. We had, so you, you kind of pressure test things, right? So you see things and, and you kind of have to, you know, a lot of people watch YouTube and stuff and instructionals and they're great if you have a core group of guys that understand fundamentals mm. that you can take those things and pressure test them. Cause not everything you see on YouTube works. You know, we got it done. I really do. I mean, it took me, Jordan held me at my white belt for, so I was six years deep in jujitsu when I got my blue belt. Dang. But part of that was because I went from when Jordan met me, I was 165 pounds, fought at 155 and I blew up to about 250 Holy cow. Yeah. So I got married (laughs) (laughs) and had a kid and also had a shoulder injury. So, you know, but my wife started cooking Mm -hmm. and it was was just bad. Mm -hmm. But so, so I gained a lot of weight and I think to motivate me, Jordan was trying to motivate me and anybody that knows Jordan Sullivan, he, uh, he has interesting ways to motivate. Very unique motivator. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's. Yeah, I, I would say that. it's not uh, Tony Robbins. Style. No. So what? So his way of motivating me was in the gym where we train. He wrote 165 pounds on the mirror, and he hung my blue belt. And so I looked at it for many years. So in essence, get back down to 160. Yeah, get back down, and and, and I'll give you. It might have been 170. I think he might have been nice, <laughs> but uh, but so I saw that, and I looked at that 
for many years. And, and all that was to me was every time that Jordan brought a blue belt to our gym to train with us, they had the giant, like the hugest bullseye on their back. <laughs> I was going to try to submit them as quickly as possible and smile or wink at Jordan after I did it. <laughs> And to Jordan, he didn't really care about your proficiency at all. No, he not at all. He wanted you to hit that milestone yes. in your life, yeah. right? And so I tried. I did. I didn't get the weight down. You know, I have four kids. Um, life was crazy. And this is right around the time that this anxiety started really hitting me hard. And in the beginning, I was lost. Like, jujitsu didn't didn't necessarily help. It helped when I was on the mats, but it didn't help um, me deal with the actual panic. Like I said, I gained a lot of weight. You know, I got there. So six years later, he's uh, at Triple Crown Athletics, where it is now. He's in that gym, and I go in there, and I I uh, get Shark Tanked, and Billy Peace, and oh, good old Billy, Peace. yeah, and Jordan tuned me up with the old gauntlet, uh, yeah, and uh, I did it. I got my blue belt. That's awesome. That's awesome. and that and that. So it sounds like that kind of springboard the rest of your for sure. Journey, yeah, right, and that's so. That's the thing that I find interesting. That's one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast is because you you hear about promotions, right? And I remember being like my first three four months in, like how long does it take to get to a belt? And you Google how long does it take to get to oh, a yeah. belt? And, you know, you talk to different people, and you're like, oh, you know, this guy got it at a year and a half, and this guy got it at three years, this guy got it at two years. But when you look at everybody's journey, they're so individualized and they're so different and have different milestones. And it's not about how good am I, how fast can I tap that person? It's about what does your coach want from you? And sometimes we agree with that. Sometimes we don't agree with that. But ultimately, that's their choice, not yours. And it's not your place to say when you're ready for whatever that thing is. So because I teach, I am a brown belt. I do have my own school. And uh, so when I do a belt promotion I get, you know, like I tell Jordan, like, look at this guy, or I tell Sean or whoever, and, and they'll give a look, but for the most part, they trust us to make those decisions. And, uh, it's not always how well they roll. Right. It's, you know, whether, you know, it's, it could be a lot of things. Well, I think, you know, for me being 40 years old, middle-aged, you know, dad of, of two and husband and profession outside of jujitsu, my journey is going to be very different than Vic, who, you know, 19 years old, looking to compete, looking to make this potentially a life career. You know, he's got to be a hell of a lot better at this sport than I do to get to that next level. What does Purple Belt look like to him versus to me? Two different things. Right? Absolutely. Uh, and I think people have a tough time understanding that sometimes because they're like, oh, man, I'm crushing everybody. Why? You know, there's a there's a guy who we know, Bruno uh, Reagan. I got the pleasure of uh, rolling with him at team training. As did I. So funny. That story. was somebody that I looked for because I, I biggest guy in the room, right? So well, it was, same thing. And here, here's my naivete. I don't know who the hell he is. I have no clue. It's my first time at team training. I just got my blue belt. Like literally, I think it was like two or three weeks prior. I got my blue belt. I was oh all yeah, no team training. It, it was February. I think it was the end of February. yeah. It was February. Yeah, it was yeah. at the, the shop yeah. seminar, and uh, we went to team training. It was March because my my youngest daughter's birthday is March fourth, and we actually celebrated her birthday down in in Nashville. And we're at open mat at, at was uh, team training in March. It was, it was okay. It was the very yeah, beginning of March. Moved. Okay, yeah, March that's fourth. right. Yeah. Um, so we go into Nashville MMA where they have the two different mats. Yeah. And you know we're just working with different people, and the, yeah. I mean, it's just place is just crammed. There's, there's got to be what 100 people in this room. Oh, more than that. There was more way, than 100 oh, people. Way more than maybe two. I, yeah, May, I would lot. say I would say close to 200 people. It was yeah. a lot, and it was it was it was, it was a lot for a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
So I, and I, same thing. I, I saw a blue belt, and he was a great big blue belt. And I'm like, eh, I'll play. So I go over and I work with him, and and I get him into. Pretty sure he just won the Pan Ams, maybe probably something. Pan Ams and Judo there was a black big, belt. yeah, there was a big title last year. Um, as was blue belt. Well, Pan Ams was canceled last year, but I yeah, think he might have no, won some judo. It was judo one thing. of the big IBJJF. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. he he got beat a Gracie. I know then, that. <laughs> Did he? His, yeah, he won. His weight and then the absolute, and Sean was like, "All right, this guy's a perp belt." Well, but before that, right, he was still blue belt team training. So I went down. correct, but a judo black. But belt. I didn't know that, so I go yeah. rolling with the guy and I get him into an umaplata, right, or, or I set up an yeah. umaplata, and I go to underhook his rear leg. So I've got you know his arm tucked into my hip, yeah, and I go to grab the rear leg, and move. Yeah. <laughs> he just sat there, and I'm like, "Well, son of a bitch," and so you know we get done and everything, and I didn't think anything of it, and we get back from team training. And all of a sudden, people start telling me who this guy was. And I was like, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense now, doesn't it? <laughs> so uh, my role with him was kind of funny because there's like Matt etiquette, right? So you always, you're supposed to, uh, what's the right word, merge for the upper belt. Or, mm-hmm. or so if there's guys that In are black belts, yeah. So you don't, you don't bump into higher belts. And so I see Bruno and we were all over that Matt. Like I had black belts coming up, like hey, hey, hey you know, simmer down, and we're like, I'm like, no, nah, man, we're getting it. <laughs> like, that's but, awesome. But no, it was a tough guy for sure. Well, we think um, about him, right? He was a blue belt at that point, correct? Uh, and, and I'm a brown belt, right? And, and I, I'm a blue belt. Like, yeah, those two blue belts are very, very different blue belts. He's very, yeah, very, I mean, very strong, um, powerful dude. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Really good at throwing people. Yeah, see, I didn't get to start on the feet. Um, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been on my feet very long, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not. but yeah, but I think it's interesting when you, when you think about that journey of, of, you know, why does somebody get promoted? And it's not always because of athleticism or because of, especially with kids, tap. kids, are, kids are a great point. So my, my youngest daughter, she's five. She started when she was three and she got her gray and white belt before I got my blue belt. I think she got her gray Ooh. belt before I got my blue belt also. Yeah. So there was a, a long period of time no, where she right outranked after, me. Right after your blue belt. Uh, yeah, and she made sure that I knew. <laughs> that oh, I'm sure, yeah. Me. So in my gym, I actually, and this may not be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu etiquette, but if there's kids that have color around their waist, they line up in front of adult white belts. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I do the thing. same thing. Yeah. Yep, it's sure. the same thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's time on mat, right? Like that's that's for sure. time being in the gym and training and coming every like to get a kid to commit to doing something any hard yeah. long enough that they can get a color on their belt in jujitsu. Yeah. You know, that's it's not not to knock any other martial arts. To get arts, an adult to stay long enough to get color around their waist. <laughs> You're not wrong there. That's for sure. So I think there's a there's a lot to be said for kids that um, think of. And that's interesting. So you kind of, I don't want to say you specialize, but you definitely have a very, very strong kids program at your gym. <laughs> Makes my kid program look weak. It does. It so does sauce, for sure. I when yeah. So I start to beam when you when you bring that up. So that is my goal, right? So I feel like Personally, I feel like I had a kids program locally in the tri-state um, before it was cool to have a kids program. You know, like I, I was, uh, I focused on kids and that was because I have four of them and I wanted them doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. So I had to build a good program. And luckily I was lucky enough to have um, my own two sons. My oldest two were very good. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest, Blake, he's very cerebral. And then my middle son, Michael, he's very athletic. And so both of them have their own style. 
but they were very successful, um, which actually through competition and competing against other people drew other people to us. My, my kids did. Um, so Michael just got his blue belt. I want to say three weeks ago. Probably. Yeah. 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 And, and Blake would have his blue belt, but he got a little older, got interested in other things. That's, you know, a lot of kids. I mean, if I look at back at my time in the kids program, there's always kids that we were like, yeah, no, we're going to get our blue belts. We're going to do this. So far, I was the only one that got their blue belt. <laughs> I, so, I was there. Did, now, did you were you able to promote your son? I, I was. I was lucky enough. My son got promoted with, I believe, five other black belts were there. Wow. Um, so it was James Fisher, who's a huge support of mine. Russ Kinney was there. Mike, they call him the Fonz. Sorry if I can't yeah, remember yeah, your name exactly. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Passat. I think that was that was all of them. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. <laughs> but uh, but no. I, so he got promoted actually with uh, Spencer. Okay, awesome. And so Spencer's we, another teen. I would yeah, say. yes. Yeah, yeah. Kids. He's that sixteen. Out of balance. Dude is. I mean, my god, that that kid oh, is dude. on fire. Yeah, like, he is. So him, him and Michael have had some pretty epic um, matches. Oh, I, I haven't seen them roll. That's I that's, want to. that's one. That's I got, a cool I, like, right there. Yeah, I, 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 I got it on tape. <laughs> oh, they have to go after. Each so other. it's so Michael actually doesn't want to compete against them in public because they they train together so much. Oh. But they'll get after it in private, you know. And they, and they they they've trained a lot together. Like Patty, his mom would bring him out to Bright. Um, I do a kids camp every year. So they would always do the kids camp. And like I said, James would always come. So my kids program, you know, it's not just me. It's other instructors that have helped me and even James Fisher. You know, James, I'm going to give James a shout out. You uh, should. J- yeah, James, James is like the biggest supporter, man. I will tell you, not only is he a supporter of yours, but he's a supporter of ours. Oh, everybody. It's amazing yeah. the, the love that that man has. Oh, yeah. Real like, good guy. I remember, so again, I do these things, and they're just at a whim, right? Like, I have no conjures of grandeur of what's going to happen with any of this crap, right? Like, I'm like, hey, let's start a podcast. Yeah, it'd be cool to hear about other people's journeys. Panda Power Hour, we started doing this thing in the morning at 530. And I don't know who's looking. Like, it's just fun for me. But I, I'll never. I, I distinctly remember going to. It was, a, it was a Fuji competition, and it was in in Cincinnati. And we had seen a couple other people there earlier in the day. I think Spencer actually. We saw Spencer and his fa- his parents uh, before because Vic and I show up for the kids. Pro- and, and yeah, kids probably. Stuff. And James was there later on in the afternoon, and he looks at me as man. That's really cool what you're doing with the Panda Power Hour thing. It's been really cool to watch from the outside. And he likes all our Facebook stuff. And he likes all our Instagram stuff. And he's going to be on the podcast. Uh, Very cool. And it, it's weird because I feel almost like the sense of I need to make sure this podcast is good enough to have him on. <laughs> uh, so I've been really hesitant to go out and, and, and book him because I want to make sure it's like perfect when I get James on because he's just such a big that's, supporter. But that's totally not his personality. I know. That's the fun <laughs> part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to support you. In any way he can, and that he always has. To those who don't know, I recently moved a year ago. I moved out of uh, Ben Nishime's place. Um, COVID hit pretty hard. He decided to close down, so I moved. I all of a sudden I got to buy thousands of dollars worth of mats. Yeah, and so they threw a Halloween party for me last year. Mm-hmm. Made T-shirts. Like I said, I mean everything. I've had a rough year the past year, lost our house in a flood, some stuff like that. James has always shown up. He's always shown up. 
He's a really phenomenal just, guy. Just a solid human yeah. being. Like just a, an awesome, awesome person. Which actually the jujitsu community enti- in its entirety showed up for us when we lost our home. Yeah, that yeah, that was that was I think so I'd always known who you were, right? So you're part of Team Sean Hammond. You come to every uh Sean Hammond seminar that we have or promotion that we have. And you know, you you've kinda I've looked at your game and I've tried to mimic some of that stuff, right? We haven't rolled a whole lot, but I, I yeah. Smash and pass. Yeah, I see a lot of similarities, <laughs> right? And I kinda look up to Levi as, as somebody who I can uh imitate and and mirror some of the, the stuff that he does a very similar, you know, game. And I think that when I saw what your family went through, my I, I really felt that, right? Because I knew what that could have meant, right? I can't, I can't physically know. I can't mentally understand the trauma that you guys went through with all that shit. Like, so just for those that don't know, I don't know how deep you want to get into that, but no, I'll, I'll talk about it. it. It was pretty messed up. Like, so, um, so we lived at the fork of the East Fork of Tanner's Creek and the West Fork of Tanner's Creek. And so it has to be like all the stars have to align for Tanner's floods, but for it to be like a massive flood, the storm has to be all over the county in order for both forks to flood. And it did that. And it did it, it did it two years ago and it got just the bottom of our floor choices. And I'm like, man, we, we, you know, we made it out of that one. (laughs) And then around father's day, actually, I think it might've been father's day. We had a real bad, we had tornado warnings the night before. So the, the night before it was kind of a nightmare power went out. I'm an avid hunter. So I had a freezer full of meat. So I got up early, realized the power wasn't out or was still out. Called a buddy. He came with a generator, Nick Wise. That's the one guy you can call in the middle of the night and he's going to show up no matter what. So he comes. It's still raining. I knew the the history behind the creeks, you know, so I go down, check the creek and it's coming up, but not bad. But I noticed the old timer who's about 80 years old was up. His lights were all on. He was firing up because he had a generator, so that's how he had lights, and was firing a pump up. And I'm like, hmm, he, 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 he knows something I don't know, right? So so I started getting nervous. Fast forward about an hour, and the creek is going across the road, probably 300 yards from our house, and I'm like, this is bad. And my phone goes off, and Nick had gone home, and he texts me, hey, my mom and dad just said the bridge in Weisberg just got washed out. That's probably 10 miles away from me. And all that water is coming down the West Fork. And he's like, it's about to get really bad at your house, man. You need to get get the kids and get out of the house. So I went back to the house, woke my wife up, or my wife was up. My friend, my son had a friend over. So she woke them up. By the time they got their shoes on and got out of the house, they were in waist deep water. Inside the house. Inside the house. And if you've ever experienced flood water it is intense it is like nothing you've ever experienced before so i'm in the house water's coming up i have four dogs we had rescued some cats that were underneath uh, our barn so they were in a crate in the house so i'm getting i'm trying to get everything upstairs right we're on the landing of the stairs and then i let all my dogs out of their crates and i rescue pit bulls so there there's four pit bulls running around my house and i'm thinking what am I going to do? Am I going to go upstairs? My wife and kids are out of the house. Am I going to go upstairs and weather the storm upstairs? Or I don't know how long I'm going to be in here. And then I finally, I decided to get out of the house. So I swim out. Um, when I say swim, I was probably, I was probably waist deep. My dog swam. So we get out of the house and right as we get out of the house, I hear a woman up the street and I banged on all my neighbor's doors. Some of them answered. Some of them didn't. I hear this woman screaming. 
help me. Me being me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go save her. Right. So I get, I get 10 feet from her and the water is rushing around her house and I'd try to take a step and it'd wash my feet out. I tried to take a step and it'd wash my feet out. So I looked at her and I basically debris started to flow around her house and she was hanging out the window and I'm like, you're going to have to get in your house. Water rescue's coming. It, you know, if she was to step out, she would have been pinned against her fence. So luckily she stayed in and I spent the next hour waiting for water rescue to get her out of the house. Yeah, it was intense, man. I'm talking sheds are floating by while this is happening. I just remember looking at her. And so I'm close enough that we could make pretty good eye contact. Like she thought she was going to die. Like that was the look in her eyes. And and now I have to back up and watch. Damn. Because you can't, you can't fight water. There, there's no, you can't, there's nothing you can do. That's some mother nature. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, yeah. When, when she decides to get pissed off and do something, <laughs> her, her will's doing it. So, so my youngest was the only kid that was in the house with his friend, but for like a week afterwards. So fast forward, right? I got four dogs. I got nowhere to go with them. So I decided I'm going to camp out in the backyard. And this is what I see, right? So I'm on Facebook one day and you know, we're friends on Facebook and I see pictures of Levi and tents. Like legit, like I was an orange tent, right? Uh, and it was, I'm like, God damn, this dude is like living in a fucking tent with his dogs, his kids, his wife. Like, so I, up. just to be clear, I sent, I sent my kids, my oldest ones went to their moms, um, from a previous marriage. And then, uh, Katie took my youngest and went to her, her, her moms. So I wasn't going to have my kids in the tents with me. I, it, it, presumably you had found ways, but I just, I remember thinking like, I know yeah. I have two kids, right? I have two dogs, like two cats, my wife. And I'm just thinking, man, if we didn't have this house. So the first thing that came to my head is what do we do? Like, how do we help? Like, yeah. I know I could personally probably go do some shit, but what am I, I mean, you know, I can't do a whole lot. So I, I talked to Sarah and I'm like, Sarah, what do we do? Like we, we got to do something. And I think that's when we came together with, um, I think actually somebody from your gym had reached out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. two, two of my guys, Sebastian, uh, Paz, which yeah. look him up. He's, he's a real cool guy. Good guy. He's a good yeah, dude. Really cool guy. Yeah. There's a lot of fun. With him yeah. Out. And then Alex, uh, Alvarez, both of those guys were kind of led the charge on trying to help me out. And to be clear, those guys showed up down there too. And everybody kept contacting me. What can we do? So if you have flood insurance and you, you think that they are going to help you, I haven't got any money yet. And that this was in Halloween? June. Yeah, this is June. This is now. We're, yeah. in, we're in damn near November. This is Halloween. Oh, damn. Recording so all of, our, uh, all of our contents, right? Usually there's a company that comes through, especially if it's uh, brown water because it blew the toilets off. So there was sewage. Um, they'll, they'll have a company come out and itemize everything. And yeah, they uh, denied that. So we had to sift through our belongings covered in feces on, on our own and itemize everything and put a value. And when I say itemize everything, they wanted the name of every DVD we owned or you get nothing. I just got started Googling shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, sometimes you think that, but, but they're so strict, right? You got to yeah. photograph it and, and everything where it's so photograph it. when I say we got nothing, I, I take that back. We got a, Advance. They wanted us to sign for ten thousand dollars as our total loss. Oh my god! And we we shared a house. My mom had a mother in law suite, so she had to go find a home. We had to go find a home. So we split that money, and she went and got a home, and and we went and and luckily that's a whole other story of how I ended up in the house that I am now. But uh, 
but no, very intense. That's great. And that, you know, that talks to, I think the community, right? That's how we started. Oh, absolutely. So, so to your point, Sebastian and Sarah and, and you guys put together a fundraiser where basically, uh, you know, you come and it's an instructional, you pay a certain amount. And then I got the proceeds from that. And man, that blew my mind. Like walking in Russ Kinney taught. And then I knew Russ Kinney was going to be there, but I, I had no idea Jimmy Pender and Marissa Pender were going to yeah. be there. And, uh, well, we were talking about it beforehand. We're like, well, how do we want to structure this? Like we want to do something cooler than just a regular seminar. Seminars are great. But we, so at team training, we typically break out into different groups and we have different black belts teach a different thing in a different group. So we're all kind of brainstorming and just thinking about, you know, how can we make this different than a regular seminar? Like, what if we do like we do at team training where we have, you know, Marissa teach one thing and Jeremy teach one thing and Russ teach one thing and kind of see how that goes. And that's exactly what we did. And man, that was such a good time. And I, I think uh, back to the community, it was it was just a really good it felt good to help you. That was cool. It felt better to have everybody come together oh, as yeah. a group, right? And that was the second. So I've seen it before. I think people have talked about Shane yep. on here before. Yep. Shane had brain cancer. Yeah. And uh, he actually passed before the fundraiser happened. And that was the, I mean, that was huge, yeah. that fundraiser. That was that was crazy. Yeah. I we mean, had a lot of guys. BJ Nelson, Joe Bays, Chewy, Jackson, DJ Jackson. Sean. I mean, it was huge. Yeah. And, and it was just bigger than the team training like we already had, like we have every year. Yeah, it, w- it was massive. So I've seen the community and I knew what they could do. And then when it when they showed up for me, man, if you showed up, <laughs> no words. I have no words. So uh, that money actually went to uh, when we pulled out of there, our car, our CV joint oh, started Jesus. going out. Mind you, we're trying to find a place to live. And it it definitely helped pay for the car to get fixed and and much more. And then uh, we also had a GoFundMe, and the jujitsu community definitely showed up for that too, which helped us pay down on some of our debt. And uh, we closed on our house on Thursday. Ah, uh, congratulations! So our new our new house. That's awesome. So uh, it, it they bailed us out for sure. Not just the jujitsu community, but our community. In and, its entirety. And I wouldn't say anybody bailed you out. I think they just gave back some of the stuff you've given to the community. Right? I think bailing out to me is like, you didn't do anything. We just gave. But man, you've given a lot to the community also. And I think this is just repayment to some yeah, of Yeah, I mean, right? so, I always say, you know, you do good things. Good things always, you know, are going to return to you. So Vic recently kind of became a dad-ish. Yeah, dad-ish. He, uh, he got one of those Insta families. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's, he's uh, involved with, a, with an awesome person, Kelsey. We love Kelsey to death. She has two little boys. Very cool, man. And one That's of a lot boys, of responsibility. It is. Yeah, for a 19-year-old kid. Uh, so good on Vic for doing that and picking that up. But one of the things that we were talking about yesterday, actually, yeah. was one of the kids, he acts a fool, you know, as all kids do. And he says, hey, look, you do good things, good things will happen. You do bad things, bad things will happen. That's the truth, man. I think yeah. that's a testament to do yeah. good things and good things happen. Well, and that's like listening to the podcast, just hearing other people stories. Um, even, uh, I think it was Jesse Prideslayer. What was the word he used? Your scope of influence or, yeah, or something? Sphere like, of influence. Yeah. Yep. And man, when he said it, I was like, wow. Like really? Cause I mean, I teach kids, I teach adults too. And you do, I mean, you're, you're trying to, man, I get phone calls at all hours of the night. And if, if it's you calling me, it's fine, man. <laughs> so, but, uh, you just try to help people, yeah. you know, and, and coach, you know, I don't have all the answers, 
<laughs> I mean, I don't. Well, and, it's, but, and, and I think that's that's one of the things that I hear a lot, especially when you get into the, the senior belts, brown, black, yeah. is that you know, they come to, to you for all sorts of questions, and you're like, sometimes, yeah, you can answer that. Sometimes, Yeah, you hit me up right before you rolled. That's your last tournament. <laughs> I did. And you're like, hey, man, you got any advice? And I was like, I've never rolled with you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, and that's, sometimes that's the real answer, right? Yeah. Uh, but we, I get the same thing a lot, not from the perspective of being a higher belt, but just being older in the gym. And, yeah. you know, I talked about that. I think we, Sean and I talked about that during our, our initial interviews is that, you know, people ask us about how do I get a car, right? This is my first car. How do I go buy a car? I'm like, well, come on, we'll, we'll come with you. Or, you know, how do I, how do we my taxes? I got a phone call the other night. Uh, and somebody was like, man, I'm trying to get this banking thing taken care of with the IRS and the bank. And what do I do? And, you know, I walked them through it and we kind of talked through it and I didn't have all the answers, but <laughs> A lot of times that's what it is. It's it's just being there in that family, in that community. Well, and one thing I would add is the person who showed up to the house that we have now, that was the, uh, so the guy who owns the building where my gym is, I won't even mention him by name because uh, he would rather the glory go somewhere else. He shows up. And the funny thing is, so my sister is a Roman Catholic nun. Is she really? Yeah. Oh, so, uh, so I'm living in the tent down there, right? And things are getting rough. I mean, they're getting rough for me mentally because I'm just looking at this pile of debris and I can't touch it because the insurance company has to document everything. And there's a very specific way you have to go through doing that. And it's just starting to mount on me and mount on me. Ain't going to lie. I might have drank a bottle of two tequila down there. <laughs> like I, was, I, think, I think there was, some, uh, there was some videos on Facebook of me bathing in my swimming pool drinking te- tequila. <laughs> Trying to stay positive. <laughs> Trying real hard. So this woman shows up down there and she's like, hey, uh, your sister sent me. And I'm like, my sister? She's a nun in Minnesota. Like, what? Do you, how did my sister? And she's like, no, she just wanted me to check on you. I was pretty raw. So I started crying. And I was like, just don't tell her I'm living in a tent. And she's like, well, I can't not. She's a nun. I can't, <laughs> I, can't lie to I, I can't lie to her. And I'm like, well, just tell her I'm okay. Just tell her I'm okay because I'm okay. And she's like, well, if there's anything we can do. And this is like the Catholic church locally, which I'm not Catholic, by the way. Not religious at all. She actually left. And about 30 minutes later, my wife showed up and we were eating dinner on like this box that we had set up and we're sitting in two two like lounge like lawn chairs yeah lawn chairs and uh my phone rings and it was the owner of my gym and he says hey uh i heard you know i saw on facebook that this happened to you is there anything i can do and he's like i got a house for sale up in bright and i don't really like to take handouts at all and i don't like to intertwine business and and stuff so I was like, oh, I'll talk to my wife and I'll get back to you about the house. About 10 minutes later, he pulled in. He's like, I don't I don't understand. He goes, what's there to talk about? You don't have a place to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, well, I got four dogs. I rescued these four dogs and these are my dogs and I'm not leaving my dogs. And he goes, get your dogs, get in the truck, let's go. And I'm like, what, are you, what is this guy? Like, he's just going to. So we get up there. Pulls the for sale sign out of the yard. My wife's like, well, what, what do you want for the house? And he kind of tells her. And he's like, but don't think about that. He says, I want you to live here rent-free for two months and heal. And I'm like, thank you so much. You know, thank you. And he's like, when you go down, when you lay down a bed tonight, I want you to know that God loves you. 
And so it was just weird. It was bizarre that my sister had sent this woman and then, uh, and then this guy showed up, you know, so definitely going through that in my life, that made me feel something was going on beyond my control. For sure. So very cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, it goes back to journey. Everybody's journey is so impacted by, we, we talk about jujitsu. That's what the premise of the podcast is, but people are people. Yeah. And people go through so much on the mats, off the mats. And I think that comes back to like this conversation would never happen had it not been for jujitsu. You know, a lot of, a lot of the stuff that we all go through would or would not have happened without jujitsu and, and understanding you know, and that ties back to the gym and the family and the acquaintances, right? Like, and it, it, to me, it's astounding that had Jordan not worked with Ben and not been at Nishime's gym, and had you not walked into that gym because your friend said, hey, man, what are you doing tonight? Let's go to this gym. Had you not been in a place where you were ready right. to accept that help. Right. Right. Like all those pieces, all that part of the journey got you to the point where we are today. And 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 wrapped their arms around me and, and helped me in my time of need. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. And uh it's, you know, I can't, it gives back, right? So, so you give to it just like you were saying, and then, and then it gives back. So I, it's been great. I mean, and it's not over, you know, I still, I still got a, a whole stable full of kids that are killers and I can't wait <laughs> yeah, to watch do. them, uh, succeed. So let, let's actually talk about longevity. Okay. Right? So how old are you again? I'm 36. 36. So mid thirties. I know for me, I'm 41, and me rolling, uh, and I say this on pretty much every podcast, me rolling with people, I have to be very selective who I roll with and how I roll, right? So knowing that at 41 years old, I don't heal nearly as quickly as I did when I was 20 uh, or even 30. How do you determine what that longevity looks like? How do you make sure that you can continue as a coach? getting ready for, for this super fight. So for those who don't know, the Kumite is a super fight. It's a submission only, no time limit. 10 minutes. Oh, 10 minutes. Okay, yep. 10 minutes. And then it goes to uh, overtime is first to a point. First to, okay. Which you might as well say first to a takedown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think in, in our weight class, first takedown means first point anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> so how do you make sure that you can do those things and – heal up in time and be a good coach and be a good dad and be a good husband. Like how do you, how do you manage all those pieces? It's, it's a lot, you know, uh, actually since we moved into the new house, we actually found out about two months ago, my wife wasn't feeling well. She actually, she kept saying, I'm sitting on the mat one night and she's like three days, three or four days in a row. She's like, I'm nauseous. Da, 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 da. So I'm sitting on the mat and I'm like, you know, I have four kids. I'm like, she's pregnant. Oh no. Yeah. On the way home from the gym, I bought a pregnancy test, went home and I was like, he might taking this. <laughs> And she takes it. She comes out and shows it to me. And I'm like, you're pregnant. She's like, "Uh, no, I'm not. And so the next day she had like three door dash to her at work. Took him, <laughs> send me a picture. Yeah, you door dash pregnancy dash? Apparently you can. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can. So it's like uh, the, the, I don't know. It's like the little market ones. You can go through like CVS, Walgreens, uh, Kmart. How do we know this? No, I have never ordered a pregnancy test through DoorDash, but I do like to order snacks. That's fair. Snacks are big. Yeah. Thing for big me, fan for of sure. snacks. So, so she's so, pregnant. So yeah. So my wife is pregnant. So now we're gonna start all over again. Oh, congratulations, yeah, man! That's super exciting. That. So, so to your point though. Um, 
it's tricky. It's tricky. So I'm not the guy that is choosy about who I roll with. Um, that's just a, I should be. I should be. <laughs> but you're not. But I'm not. When when I go to team training or when I train, I'm a knucklehead. Not that I'm a knucklehead as in like I'm a mat bully, which I can't stand. But I want to roll with the toughest guys in, in the room. So sometimes I pay the price for that. You know, and, and sometimes I got a nurse injuries and stuff like that. Plus, I'm a brown belt. And if anybody knows, like black belts, there's a level of respect that you give to black belts. But brown belts, they're they're like targets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you can, if you get, if you're a lower belt. So uh, from my perspective, right, if you're a lower belt and you see that brown belt and you're like, man, the same size. If I can get any, like anything, yeah. I don't want to get my ass kicked. Like there's right. no doubt about it. When I roll with Mike Little. I know, many, but if I can get that one choke, if I can get that one lock, if I can get that one better position, I'm like, I pass this guard. I did this. I did that. And you want to know what I'm thinking? Survive everything he throws. At <laughs> He's not getting it. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time now, I mean, I'm 19. I can really go like a hundred percent as much as I want, but it's one of those things where I don't want to waste all my energy. So if I go with a white or blue belt, survive yeah i'm kind of like all right i'm gonna let you tie yourself out then bam go go plata yeah (laughs) he tried to go go plata yesterday yeah so sniff his knees i think james said it to me once was cook them you know what i mean let them cook themselves and move going into this super fight i mean that's that's so it's hard like i'm training harder than i've trained since i did mma because i take it serious so like after this i'm gonna go train at another place and i'm the smallest guy on the mat at the other gym that I'm going to train at. And those guys are all awesome. They support me. I support them. So that's a different dynamic. Yeah. Knowing when, like Sebastian, actually, I trained with him earlier this week and he told me, like he texts me and he's like, rest. Like you need to rest. That's tough. So Chewy, Nick Albanes, he talks a lot about recovery and rest. And without recovery and rest, you're never going to get any better. No, you don't you're going to hit a certain, you don't need it. We need it. Uh, you, you, you hit that plateau physically, mentally. And you can't, and it was interesting. So I, I took a week off last week. I went hunting. And when I go yeah, hunting, you. yeah, when I go hunting, I go deep. Like yeah. I'm off the grid. Phone doesn't work. Uh, I had to actually drive two and a half, well, it was probably eight miles out and then eight miles back just to upload the podcast. That That's night. awesome. I want the podcast to be on. So I'm like hooking my phone up, but I'm in the middle of like nowhere, Ohio, Southeast Ohio, <laughs> almost West Virginia. I'm looking for cell service so I can upload my podcast, right? Like, that's how off the grid I go. And it was just serene. Like, we, we have 2,500 acres. We Man. sit in the tree. I saw a shitload of deer. I had one shot at one, and then my tree stand jumped and, and fell a little bit and scared the shit out of me and the deer. Do you and wear a harness? I do. I do. Right. And it's, it's a climber, so it wasn't oh, going yeah. to go anywhere, but it, it definitely made a whole bunch of noise and scared both of us pretty yeah. good. Uh, but it was just, it was serene. Like, I had nothing. And I, and, other than hiking up mountains every day, uh, I didn't have to do anything overly physical, right? Like I wasn't contorting my body. I wasn't. And I came back and that first Saturday open mat, I felt so feel good. like a beast. Oh, it felt great. Like I was, I was on point. And then this whole week I felt really, really good. Like able just to roll and I, no, no, nothing hurt, uh, until Thursday. Uh, but you know, it was just like, my body felt good. And if I could, to your point, I'm a knucklehead. I'm I just I'm too stubborn and, and bullheaded to not. Yeah. But if I could actually take time off, I think about how much better I could be, and I'm like, eh, it's a hard it's balance. Fun. It is. Well, and what I found that works is don't take time off. Just flow roll, and flow roll, easy light rolls, just position to position. That's good advice. And then the next week, 
roll roll however you want. And for me, that that that's been working. So I don't know about flow rolling necessarily because um, nobody that I know will actually like. We <laughs> oh. shake hands and we're like, oh, we're gonna we're just gonna take it easy and float. That always turns into an intense match. But I'm lucky enough that I have some of the kids that are teenagers now that have stuck with me yeah. for six or seven years. And I so wait. I can't wait till I'm there. Yeah, like I have those. So that's when you, you see like, wow. You know what I mean? When you're like these kids, if they, if they were adults, they would be purple belts. Yeah. Like they would legit be purple belts. And, uh, you know, shout out to some of them. You know, I know the Briggs, uh, Reagan Briggs, Craig Briggs, Alex Briggs, um, my son, Michael, um, my other son, Blake, you know, Preston, all of them that have been with me for a long time, they are killers, you know? And they show it. So I, I train with them. They're, they're my break. Very uh, light. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a big dude. Play bottom. Try to survive the storm. Um, try not to let Reagan leg lock me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so Sean uh, Snyder, who also co-hosts with us. So he and I actually flow row. Like the, the, to your point, oftentimes... It takes yeah. it takes the right person. Yeah, you got to find the right person, and you have to have the right relationship too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he and I just have that. We're we're both similar in skill skill set, similar in age, similar in body style, and like we legit rolled for eighteen minutes once because we were flowing right, and it's still exhausting, but we were able to just move from position to position, and there was no there was never that level of intensity. But you had to find those people that you can do that with. Well, and and then too, like training with Sebastian. Uh, so me and Sebastian usually we don't set a timer. Like if it's just me and him, like we trained, uh, what was that? I posted it. I think it was Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah in the morning. Your, so, your yeah, rash my rash guard was backwards. Yeah. yeah. It didn't even tell me. <laughs> he let me take the picture and everything. I'm like, are you serious, man? And I then swear, I, I put it on, on the Facebook. Yeah. Like, we need to like come up with bloopers that happen at five thirty. Cause I'm telling you five 30 in the morning. That's pretty dark. Out. Yeah. Like, it's, it it's dark in my head. Well, when you were gone <laughs> yeah. and I had to cover for you, yeah, man. Yeah. That's a rough time in the yeah. morning. And then I had to immediately teach the 10 a.m. class right after that. That's good times. That's good times. So uh, Sebastian shows up and he's like, well, you know, let's uh, let's do a little workout before we roll. And if if you've met Sebastian, he's uh, he's in great shape. <laughs> and so we did a Tabata. It was like hammer curl, 30-pound hammer curls oh, to 20, 20 seconds of push-ups, you know, five sets. And then, like, he brought me a sandbag. So I'm laying there pressing the sandbag and doing leg lifts into the sandbag. And then we rolled with no timer. Nice. So it, we've had matches go 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's that, that's a great point. I think I, I like that, that uh, roll smart instead of hard for a period of time. And then I think that's a great way to continue to be engaged in the sport yeah. and be able to do the things that you love to do. Cause you know, as we talked about earlier for me, it's anxiety. Like if I don't do this, I get angry. I have a really Same. angry personality. I'm so yeah. I, I, yeah. Get, I get really mad. I become an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, big time, big time. So actually the pandemic, the last time I had a big flare up, um, was when they shut everything down. So that was, that was, well, Ben decided to close up shop and then, uh, uh, some things happened with Jordan and yeah. stuff and just all of it together. And then I'm like stuck in my house. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I can't get on the mat. I need to get on the mat. I need to get on the mat. And sure enough, yeah, it was, hit, but that was actually when I met James, James really James Fisher. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, shortly after that. So the pandemic thing started to kind of open back up all the restrictions, all the bullshit. Yeah. Um, 
And then we actually had a bout of uh, COVID hit yeah. our gym where we had three people that had yeah. contracted COVID. It's because it's because like the first tournament, like the first Fuji tournament, right when the pandemic, not over, but everything started to die down a bit. Everyone was at the like, tournament that we were at. It was, it was a bowling, bowling green. green. It was a bowling no, green it wasn't tournament. that one. It was. Yeah. A, but I remember, I have not seen a tournament that packed. So oh, it was, it's long. crazy. The Cincinnati tournament, the Cincinnati Fuji was massive too. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that's how they got the, they're, they're doing the um, nationals. nationals now. Yeah. They had. I was talking to Tim Motherland who runs the, the Fuji for this area. And he was saying he needed X amount of people before they, you know, offered yeah. to let him do a, a national. And he was, but it was that. So, so we'd gotten back from that tournament and we found out that three of our members, including one of our coaches actually tested positive for COVID. So we made the decision to shut down the gym for two weeks, let it all die down rather than spread it through right. the whole community. I've had to do that. Yeah. It, and it sucked. Um, but I remember James, and I don't, I don't even know how it came about, but somehow James had invited us up to Valor and said, hey, heard your guys' gym is closed. If you guys are healthy, you're more than welcome to come up and train with us. And we're like, really? Seriously? Like, yeah. that's the thing? And uh, yeah, so then I, it was a carload of us. There was Mitch Kaysen, uh Dylan Jacobs, uh, I think Mike Sheffield, yeah. his brother Brandon. We all went up, and we drove up to Mount Orb, which is about, I don't know, an hour away, 45 minutes yeah, away. Yeah, it's here. an hour hour and a half from my house. So yeah, yeah, I think it's about an hour from here, uh, hour 15, something like that. And we rode up, and we trained, and it was just so much fun. But that was when I met James. And yeah. he invited, like, just open arms, invited us into his gym and said, hey, man, come on up. You know, you guys are more than welcome. That's, that's how he is. Russ was there. And yeah. It was, it, was, it was awesome. It was a cool time. Yeah, when you walk into my gym, um, when you walk onto the mats, you'll see Sean's logo, then you'll see my logo, and then over the right side of my logo is Valor's logo. That's awesome. Um, not to take anything away from Jordan Sullivan or Triple Crown yeah. and the love that they've given me, um, but that's you know that's who readily that's you know yeah. who I get support from. Well, that's that's the community, right? That's yeah. that's and I think you know for those of you listening, we we have a lot of folks that are from Team Sean Hammonds because that's who I know and those people that I know yeah. large in part, right? Other than a couple of people that we've had on, but I, I think that's part of being an affiliation. Yeah. And when I hear about some affiliations, it, it's monetary. It's hey, I, it's I need money. A, I need a name. Yeah. Right. I need I need the IBJJF card. Right. I need somebody to sign off that I'm a legit business. Uh, or I just want the notoriety to say I'm a XYZ school. For sure. And I think that's what I appreciate about Sean Hammonds personally, right? And Team Sean Hammonds is that it's not. It really is a community of schools. And, you know, there's always riffs. There's always people get pissed off at other people, whatever, gyms, whatever. There's right. always going to be that drama. But large in part, when you think about the Sean Hammonds, when we went down to Guardian, like they just, oh, they, they welcomed us with open arms. Like, yeah, yeah. and you're part of the, you're part of the family. The same with, uh, the same with Derby City. Derby City, same. Exa- yeah, absolutely. We, I think we went down there before COVID. A bunch of us went down to, to Derby City. Uh, yeah, JT Torres. Uh, J- yeah, that's right. JT, JT Torres. Torres that was a yeah. real good seminar. But I think even beyond that, we went down a couple times just on a Saturday. Uh, yeah. Just as, at an open mat. Yeah. So I think those are those are the things that I appreciate about being part of the, the team, Sean Hammonds. Well, and most people don't realize how how uh, deep we are here in Cincinnati. Yeah. Like you have, uh, let's say we got Valor, uh, Triple Crown, Vision, Nishimes, and Bright. Yeah. So I mean, and we, then you go out scope again. Yeah. Baby City and oh yeah, you just get going. just outside. Yeah. And you, yeah. So. We got a good crew. It's 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 great. I, I appreciate being a part of that family. I think I was lucky enough to. I didn't know any of this stuff when I started. I, was, I knew nothing about any of this crap. So I just fortunately was able to fall into to a really good spot. So, so we think about 
what drives you to continue to train? And we talked a little bit about the students and some of the, you know, obviously you own your own school, but what makes you go back? What makes you get up every day? What makes you, when you, when you had that flood and you had all the stuff happen, Ben shut down his spot, you kept driving and you said, Nope, I'm going to do this. This isn't, this doesn't stop me. I don't like to tap. <laughs> that's fair. That, that's real respectful because neither do I. Yeah. I mean, for, for people that don't like to give up, I don't like to tap. I will. I will. I'm not going to let you hurt me. I don't really see an end to it. And I think that makes the difference between someone who is just kind of doing jujitsu and someone who does jujitsu. Yeah. I see no end. You know, I the black belt's looming, right? I want it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be that guy that says, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Just right? of color. Yeah. yeah okay. it, it matters. Okay. But it matters in the sense that it, when I wear it, it'll mean that I didn't quit. Yeah. And that's all it'll mean. It won't mean anything to me. I don't get any special powers. It just means that I didn't quit. I thought it was like Kung Fu Panda and you get the scroll. Right? The dragon <laughs> that, scroll. That'd be cool. Right? That'd be real it's cool. Just a mirror. And just, yeah. You know, you, uh, great movie, by the way. One of my favorite all time. Very cool movie. I got four kids. Remember, <laughs> I've seen. I've seen all those. I'm pretty sure I saw it without my kids, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's great, and I think that that we talk about blue belt blues and people hobbyists that come and go, and uh, people in the gym that come and go, and it might be purple belt, might be blue belt, might be. I've belt. had all of that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, all those things have happened at different stages, and they're going to happen. You just got to not quit, man. You just got to keep going. So when you think about that, one of the questions we always ask is to the person who did quit or maybe they didn't quit, they stopped. Let's say that instead. And they've always thought about going back. It looms in the back of their mind, but they've never actually made the decision to commit or they're scared, they're nervous. Or maybe it's the person who has always wanted to, but never found the intestinal fortitude, as it were, to go into a gym. What, what advice would you give them? I mean, first of all, ask why you left, right? Because most of the time when you step back away from the immediate decision to leave, you can, you get a clearer view of, of why you actually left. If it's because you were comparing yourself to other people in the gym and you weren't happy with how fast you were progressing, stop. The only person you should compare yourself to is yourself. Are you better than the person that walked in the door on the first day? Are you better than you were last week? Are you better, you know, and so on. That's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is hurry up, right? Because the longer that you stay away, the harder it is to come back yeah. in the sense that all those guys are still training and in the sense that those relationships, right? You, you start to like doubt creeps into your mind. Like, man, what are they going to think of me if I come back now? You know, and that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I've had guys come back. I've drugged guys back to the gym. Like, come on, man, you got to get back in here. And then when they get back, they're like, man, why did I wait so long? Why did I wait so long to come back? And it's like, cause you let your mind play tricks on you. You know, it's funny. I've never, ever, ever heard anybody say I should have waited to do this. Right. I always hear people say I should have done this sooner. Yep. But I've never had anybody tell me, I should have just waited another year before I started this game. Like, that's not a thing. Johnny V, uh, so Johnny trained at Triple Crown MMA. He's, moved, he's since moved to the East Coast or West Coast. Um, but he, I remember we were having a conversation one time about tournaments and competing. And I said, you know, I'm not ready for it. I need to get to, to this level. And he looked at me and he said, I don't compete. It's not a thing I do. If you want to compete, you need to compete. Don't wait until you get to whatever. Like that's why like when people start jujitsu, I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to get better in better shape. No, do jujitsu to get in better shape. Absolutely, do jujitsu. Yeah, to get I can't. Healthier. People say that all the time, and and uh, 
shout out to uh, one of my new students, um, Lillian Upchurch, his dad just started and he's, he's a bigger guy like us. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to come in and be completely out of shape and he's doing it. And, uh, that, that matters. You know what I mean? People see that and they're like, wow, man, you're, you know, you're getting after it. It doesn't really matter what you look like. It doesn't really matter how well you're doing. It matters that you're doing it and you're trying. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is, is, and I've had to do it. I've come back after injuries. You know, I don't have ACLs in either of my knees, you know, and they weren't fixed, but (laughs) (laughs) my shoulder tore my labrum, you know, you just, just come back. So, I, and, and it's hard, right? It can be, I think that that mental piece is, is the holdback. It's not often the physical piece. I think when you start, sometimes it is because you don't understand the physicality, but coming back, you know, what the physical is, and you know, you can do it because you did it before. It's the mental side. And it's to your point of, are they going to accept me? Yeah. Are they going to want to see me? Yeah. Am I going to be? Cause, cause it's old? that community, right? You yeah. feel like you've been ostracized from the community yeah. and now you're coming back into it and you're not sure how you're going to be accepted. Yeah. And because it runs so deep for us, and and like I was going to say it earlier, you know, you were talking about different walks of life. I mean, on my mats, I know personally that I have had ex-cons training with police officers, Republicans training with Democrats, yeah. right? Very deep. By the way, there's a no politics sticker on my door when you walk through <laughs> it. That that does not go down in my gym, but uh, but yeah. So all walks of life. I mean, I, I got uh, Louise. Uh, Rivera, uh, I'm pretty sure he's like a aerospace engineer or something like that, like rocket scientist, right? Literally. Yeah. So you get all kinds of different, um, walks of life. Yeah. So, and, and to wait to see how, it, it, so, you know, one of the things that, that I've heard a couple of times is people take those breaks and they have those, those, um, anxieties, those, those issues floating around their head, but it's all them because they get to the gym and it's, Oh, where you been? Good to see you back. So we had Zach Thompson uh, on the on the podcast not too long ago, and he went through a period of time where he stepped off the mats, and he had a, a bunch of stuff he was dealing with personally. And again, you can listen to his podcast, good podcast, uh, listen to that. And he came back, and he had those same exact apprehensions. Yeah. And he got back, and I remember when he came back, I was super excited to see him because he's one of the most flexible people I've ever met, and he gives me fits, right? He's like 160, I think, uh, fairly tall. I think he's maybe 5'10". And just flexible as all hell. I mean, he's a, he's a yoga guy, and he just he he makes me work. Which like that's my, smart. Yoga is smart for dude, jiu-jitsu. I'll, I'll tell you what. Like my top pressure, it made that little boy over there tap. And I'm pointing to Vic. Before uh, you tapped to, to pressure, to pressure, to pressure. What? To Yo, pressure. So it was it. It was weird because you had me. It was in, weird, uh, he says. <laughs> no, okay. so it was pressure, but you had me in a twister Ooh, at the same time. That's uh, so was, that's one of my favorites yeah, right there. Yeah, big yeah. guys doing twisters is awesome. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough life. Look at Vic's scared. Yeah, do you see it's, the, it's the fear in his rough. eyes right now? For if you don't know what a twister is, it is a spine submission. Yes, you're literally twisting their spine and, and contorting the top and bottom halves of them at the same while applying pressure. Yeah, uh, which was amazing. Made yeah, famous by Eddie Bravo. Yes, it was. I didn't like that. Smart guy. So I, didn't I, had like that. I, was like, I bet not. I, I like, this is heavy, and I shouldn't be bending like this. <laughs> but Zach, so Zach, when when he left, I think I don't know if I got my blue belt at that point yet. 
Uh, and he'd always beat me. Like he, he'd always be able to, to get out. And my go-to is pressure, just side control, pressure, pressure, pressure. And it hurts, but he's so bendable that he could get frames in. Constantly. Oh yeah. That's uh, my 16 year old, Michael. Oh, he's man. like that. Yeah. I mean, if you leave, if you leave air between, yeah. between your knee and his hip, he's getting back to guard. That's Kevin. Kevin Murphy's like that too. It's super obnoxious. But anyway, so I, I saw, uh, Zach come back and I was so excited to see him and it was there was never a point in my head right on the other side of that conversation of well fuck him he left I don't want to talk to him anymore it was oh I can't wait to roll them again like I'm super excited to see my friend who I haven't seen in a while and I think when people leave and they come back and they have those apprehensions that's all internal absolutely absolutely it is I mean and and because I mean we want more guys on the mat yeah Nobody always, I mean, very rarely, I'm not going to say it, it never happens that somebody leaves the gym or leaves the mat and you're like, great, awesome. You know, I hope they don't come back. It's been three years since, uh, three and a half, almost four years since I've been doing jujitsu. There's been one person. Yeah. Uh, they weren't actually part of our gym. They were dropping in and they were just not a good person. That Louisiana guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I took care of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, some of us have had the pleasure of being Matt enforcers. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm assuming that's a role you've played before. It is. I mean, not by actually, I played it better when when I was smaller because it was easier to humble people when I was little. Um, Now they're just like, oh, the big guy smashed me or whatever. Um, But now on my mats, a lot of times, most guys' biggest test is, is Michael. You know, he's 120 pounds. And uh, if you're being a knucklehead, you know. Oh, no one likes to get, no one likes to lose to a teenager. No. Let me tell and you. You, you, you got to watch adults, too, because they do stupid things when they lose to kids. Oh, yeah. They go oh, to that well, blackout I, mode. Like, they don't even think yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and I've, like, I was there. Jor- I used to do that for Jordan. Like, I used to be that teenager beating up the adults, like the spazzy adults that come yeah. in. Yeah. And then they lose it. Yeah. And, and in competition more so than, I mean, even Michael, like Michael had a guy, he competed in the adult division at Fuji and, uh, the guy couldn't pass Michael's guard, got frustrated, picked Michael up off the mat and he was running. I don't know if you guys remember seeing this, but he went to throw him on the, the score table Oh damn. and he, uh, he didn't get there in time because Michael wrapped a uh, Ezekiel <laughs> and he got about two steps from it and start, started to wobble and had to tap. That's awesome. But Michael tried to shake his hand afterwards, wouldn't shake his hand. Yeah. So, and, I, and I've seen similar things happen. My to- first blue belt tournament, I like, cause I was a fresh 16 year old with yeah. a blue belt. Yeah. And I, you know, these blue belt guys who went against, they didn't like me, no. me beating them. No. Like their coaches were like, oh, this guy's 16. And then they got in their head, like wouldn't shake my hand or nothing. Yeah, like Spencer deals with the same thing. It's yeah. the same thing. It, yeah. It, it sucks. And that's, that's, it's, it's a shame too. Cause I've actually seen it. Like the thing is, if you're one of those people, remember that someone's always recording because those things stick with you. And I've seen video of Chad Hardy when he was younger, uh, guy stuck in his triangle guy drops a knee on his face. Um, an adult, I seen, uh, Sasha, the shark. Um, I can't remember what gym she's out of, but she, she competes all the time. Do you know who I'm talking about? Sasha. That name sounds really She's blonde. She's, I think she's like 13 or 14. Seen her compete against an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl slaps her. The lady slaps her after she taps her. So she taps her in gi, I believe, and they go into no gi and she tells her not to touch her arm. What? (laughs) Like, so the girl (laughs) legitimately puts her in a triangle and the woman didn't tap. So she switched it to the arm. 
And she let go as soon as, you know, as soon as the lady tapped, but the lady's tap was repeatedly slapping her. Jesus. Yeah. So you just, when, whenever, and I'm very aware when I put my kids against adults, yeah. um, I'm right there. I think you have to. Oh, be. well, yeah. and it's like Bella, Bella went up against this older, like, I, I want to say he was probably like my age. I mean, and Bella at the time was like 16. Yeah. And straight like kicked Bella in the stomach. Yeah. And the ref didn't do anything. The ref looked at Bella like, yo, kick his ass. Well, and and that's how it goes too. I tell my students that all the time. Like, don't look for me for help and don't look for the referee. You're going to have to weather that storm. And because self defense applies in the gym and and in competition too. Sure. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I have the opportunity to, to stop something but in competition you don't yeah i mean you can't run out of the mats and no. think about it yeah i think well, that's for me watching my three-year-old uh the time she was five I that's remember, rough so she she turned five in she, she's her birthday's march uh 4th and she was supposed to compete at other uh, there's there four she just turned four and that was the youngest you could compete in the fuji and she was supposed to compete and then covid hit yeah but that right after that that first bowling green this was the first time she competed and my god my i got more nervous and, and anxious over her competing than i did me competing like it well, was and the three, there's nothing you can do yeah. like you can't go out there well and like uh, real quick on that point like how often do you compete when you coach always the, yeah i always so i used to, to do that and the adrenaline dump. Oh my god! It's, it's I'm exhausted. Awesome. I'm exhausted by the time that I ca- the yeah. time that I compete. Yeah. So if I'm going to compete, like I got to sneak away from yeah. from my crew and not coach. Well, well, no, and Nick has it. seen it. Tyler's seen it every time I go and coach, and then I'll go in a match. I'll start off really good. Like I'll be winning. I'll be up by four points, and then all of a sudden I'm like, why isn't my body going? Yeah, you're that tired. Adrenaline yeah. dump yeah. just hits. And, and imagine that adrenaline dump every time your student competes. And then you got to try to go yeah. out there. And well, that, do it. Was, that was, I think, my second tournament that I did. I started coaching the kids, and, and I was right there with Vic. And Vic and I were running around the mats. Oh, yeah. The kids Been out. there. And man, yeah, you're just exhausted. And then, of course, there's a blue belt. You don't go till almost last. Yeah. Yep. Right. So it's like six o'clock at night, and I'm finally ready to compete. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm done. I'm yep. like, I can't do this. But yeah, no, that's the journey. So, one last question. One of the biggest things that you've taken from jujitsu and applied to the rest of your life, what would you say it is? Ah, that's a tough one. One thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> my kids get really aggravated because I use analogies, right? I always take jujitsu and I, and I talk about like life skills yeah. and they're like, dad, this isn't a jujitsu match. And I'm like, everything is <laughs> life jiu-jitsu. is jujitsu. Yes. Everything is jujitsu. So fortitude probably, okay. right? Being able to overcome bad experiences. Like for instance, your house gets destroyed by a flood. You got four dogs. You don't know what to do. You live in a tent until you figure it out. Right. You just survive. Right. Because in, in jujitsu, a lot of times, sometimes you just have to survive until you can find a way out of that position. And I've had to do it. Um, definitely my anxiety. Same thing. Right. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. I'll be having a panic attack and you won't even know because I'm not going to show it. I'm going to breathe through it. I'm going to you know do what I do, my coping skills. And uh, it's the same as as how I survive neon belly or how I survive a bad position you know, surviving. So I, I think that's, you know, for, for me, I think it's the same in a lot of regards, right? There's those times where life just sucks and, and it, it's shitty, but there's always that white belt. 
And you can always know that you're going to get that white belt opportunity also, and you'll be able to succeed. Exactly. And then you're going to find that success and be like, oh, that's why it wasn't working. And then you're going to go back to your level and be able to hit that thing at your level because now you've figured those pieces out. I think it was Jordan told me once, and if it wasn't, I apologize, but uh, survive the strong, prey on the weak. And, and that sounds, <laughs> that sounds like Jordan. Like, that, yeah, yeah. It sounds like something Jordan. Yeah. So, so I don't say that to my kids, like my kids' students. But to adults, a lot of times, yeah, that's, you know, you have to take the wins when you can get them and survive the situations that you can't. Yeah. And for kids talking about jujitsu, um, and this takes nothing away from any other martial art, but if you can show me a martial art and excluding maybe wrestling, and I put wrestling in that category because it's a grind sure. um, that will give you the fortitude to, to get through bad situations that Brazilian jujitsu will. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I, yeah, think, I, I can't I think, think of wrestling else. and judo to me because I, I was talking to my parents about this. I was like, the wrestling and judo to me are the only. I think even two, judo, like you don't get put in bad positions for long periods of time. No, because like, once it hits ride, the yeah. mat, it's short. It's True. short time. Right, like you're True. not going to ride a knee that, and belly or a mount or yeah. side control for okay, three minutes, yeah. four minutes, then, five minutes. Yeah, really, it would just be wrestling. Yeah. And wrestling, I, I say wrestling because first of all, I love um, the blend of the two. Yeah. I, American jiu-jitsu, in my opinion, is wrestling blended with jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. For sure. oh, for, yeah. and it, and it is a beautiful um, thing when when you can do them together. Uh, most wrestlers hate jiu-jitsu, by the way. <laughs> Until they, they get old enough, they can't do wrestling anymore. Uh, they go exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm lucky enough that I have some kids that do both, um, and they're phenomenal. I mean, they're their fortitude, right? Their ability to survive bad situations is is phenomenal. That's so awesome. I know you need to get some training. I really appreciate the time today. This is an awesome conversation. Oh, yeah, what I've been looking fun. forward to for a while. Just so cool to hear your story, where you've come from. So the, the trials and tribulations you've endured and succeeded through. And I'm really excited to see your, your upcoming Kumite fight. Uh, yes. I'll be there to support yes. for sure. Yeah, Vic will be there. Vic's, yeah. gonna, Vic's on the card. Oh, yeah, officially. I will. Bella might be there, too. That's awesome. I think we've yeah, got yeah, a strong Sean Hayes yeah. showing. I mean, there, we got them. Kenny, Kenny Russ, right? Uh, Russ Kenny. Russ Kenny, yeah, excuse Russ me. Kenny's going to be on there. Um, Is James? I believe so. I'm not I'm not 100%, but but I think he's on the card. So we'll, We got a lot of people out there. Yeah, so. we got a guy from uh, Vision, too, that's on the card. Is there? Oh, yeah. Sweet. So yeah, I mean it's We're it's stacking this one. Yeah, yeah. good. One. Team awesome. Sean takeover. Yeah, let's Hell do yeah. it. Hell yeah! So guys, uh, again, you can find us at bjjpandas.com on Facebook. It's Panda Power Hour. We're pretty much everywhere, and we are starting our new line of geese and uh, no gi apparel. So check us out. Uh, you can find all that stuff on our website and at shadowrealm.com. Levi, any quick uh, plugs before we take off? Yeah, I mean, you can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, um, Bright BJJ or Bright uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or you can check me out on uh, BrightBrazilianJiuJitsu.com. I also got some merch on uh, BrightBrazilianJiuJitsu.com. His rascars are dope, by the way. Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty, pretty sick. Pretty sick. I'm going to cool. be getting one here soon. Yeah. yeah, they're awesome. So thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Guys, be safe. Have fun. Talk to you soon.